I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to In The Pink, the podcast with me, Natalie Pinkham. Thank you so much for all your feedback on the last few podcasts. It's been great to hear from you. So many of you enjoyed listening to Carl Locko, the reformed gang member who is now advising on how best to fight knife crime. What an inspiring guy he was to talk to. It sounds like you guys enjoyed that too. So thank you. And of course, George Bamford, a name that so many of you will know through Formula One, the JCB dynasty. It was great to hear all about his deep passion for creating watches, bespoke watches, and his love of engineering and cars. He really was such an interesting guy to talk to. And thank you also for your feedback on the sound issues that we've had. I'm really sorry about that. It's been quite difficult because, well, I guess one of the joys of podcasting is that you can do it anywhere at any point you don't have to bring someone into a studio which always helps with guests who are restricted on time but the downside to that is sometimes you get a lot of ambient noise whether you're in a a bar or a restaurant or a club and uh, you get a bit of popping on the microphone so uh, apologies for that it looks like we've now sorted it but yes um has been part of the learning curve for me as a new podcaster um, but hopefully that's all sorted but thank you for letting me know I hope it didn't interrupt your listening experience too much okay my next guest on in the pink is Mr Tim Lovejoy now Tim of course created appointment to view television for a generation soccer am grew a cult following over the years by celebrating everything that is fun about football and it got me thinking because this week whilst presenting the sports bulletins on Sky News, I realised that the first four headlines in football were all pretty depressing. They were about pitch invasions, assault on a player, improper conduct from a manager, racist and bullying allegations about a coach. And I thought, God, that is so depressing when the sport we love is being profoundly damaged by a restless, aggressive minority. And of course, we can all have the debate whether that is reflective, indicative of a wider societal problem. And I'm sure many of you will agree that it is. Anyway, the point is, we need shows like Soccer AM more than ever. We need to remind ourselves that sport is ultimately about entertainment. So thank you, Tim and Helen Chamberlain, of course, and all of those that have taken the baton and are still creating brilliant TV on a Saturday morning. 20 years on, so the likes of Fenners and Tubes and Lloyd and all the team, because 
You know what, at the very least, it is escapism and something that we all need in our lives. So Tim also reflects in this podcast on all those happy years he had at Sky and recounts some really funny stories. I loved hearing them and reminding myself about some of the moments on and off screen. And then, of course, all the other hugely successful shows that he's moved on to. He also touches on some really deeply personal stuff with me, the depression that he has battled for years. Now, I know many of you will find that really hard to believe when you see him clowning around on Soccer AM, but behind the scenes, he was really struggling. And, you know, he had to really muster the strength to go on camera and deliver and perform. So thank you, Tim, for being so honest about that. And uh, hopefully your experience will help others. Sharing your experience will certainly give others strength to know they're not alone in this. So, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy, relax, and give your feedback when you've listened to Mr. Tim Lovejoy on In The Pit. Let's um, cast our minds back, because I think it was really Soccer AM that made you a household name in this country. You did plenty of stuff before, um, but it was that. Why did... Well, tell me about the process, how that started, because you were doing... um, (coughs) You were doing Big Breakfast. Weren't you yeah. producing Big Breakfast at yeah, one was, point? And then yeah. what was the lead up to Soccer AM starting? So I was producing, <laughs> I was producing the Big Breakfast, and uh, I it, it was a boom time of TV. Everything had exploded. There was yeah. things like live TV happening, and and I'd managed to work my way up in Planet Twenty Four, who was the production company. Made it very quickly. Within two years, I'd gone from researcher to producer, and I just wrote to. Um, uh, Sky Sports and said uh, have you got any work for me and it just so happened they had a show called Soccer M which had run for maybe one season or two seasons and then they also had a show called Soccer Extra which was on the Sunday and they were sort of linked at the time those two shows anyone who knows Sky Sports they're very different shows now and they s- called me in and they said um, would you like to produce we need someone with sort of this sort of flair for entertainment would you like to, would you like to produce soccer am and soccer extra so that mean that meant for me it would be saturday morning and a sunday morning and it was a pay cut from what i was earning at mm. planet 24 and i sort of looked at it and thought oh, well i really like football but no so i went back and said no and then there was a guy who we both know called Martin Turner who had, mm. who had worked at Sky Sports for years. And he had tried to give me a break a couple of times, trying to do different things. He, he sort of bizarrely said there was some sort of talent he recognised in the presenting form. And he went and for some reason found out about me being there and then said to the uh, uh, boss at the time, Mark Sharman, you know that guy presents as well. So they called me back and said, if you produce it, would you like to present it as well? I was like, absolutely, yeah, 100%. I bit their hand off for it. And uh, so I took a pay cut. But that's how I ended up doing, um, uh, producing and presenting Soccer AM. Would you feel it, would you agree with it, that it was the show that made you? Yeah, 100%. I, it's, it's where I, I turned up and I just loved it all. I, I like the idea that football in those days wasn't uh, as it is now, which mm. is um, you know, so much money in the game and there's so much control over it because of the finances. There was still a lot of fun to be had in the in the game. And we just started messing about, having items and ideas and in, enjoying it. And I think what the great thing about it was, was we were the entertainment show on Sky Sports mm. and, the, and the sports people knew how to, the, my bosses knew how to do sport, but they didn't really understand the entertainment side mm. of it. I was just about to say it was part of our youth growing up and it was just this cool thing that you put if you were 
a football fan or not, like you could still enjoy the show. So I always loved football and I'd come from an entertainment background and, and I was just sort of trying to combine the two things together and, and it was just, it was at the right time, mm. Britpop and all that sort of stuff mm. was happening. And also what was interesting was I was having to compete against CD UK and, and it was tough because they got all the acts on. So I had to think, what are we going to do, which is different? So we went, right, let's all do all the bands, the indie music and stuff like that. So that became very cool and cult. And then I thought, we'll do the urban scene as well. So we had all the urban acts come on. So we, we were perceived as cool, even though it was because I couldn't get all the other people. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't get your Spice Girls because they were too big doing what yeah. I Yeah, but you, in some ways, um, helped discover some acts, didn't you? Well, so people were seeing them on Soccer AM for the first time? Yeah, I think we made the mainstream mm. in a way. I, I remember Kasabian coming on and go, and just going, I can't believe we're on it. It's brilliant. <laughs> and, and bands had started, because I did it for 11 years, um, bands had started growing up watching it going, oh, if we make it, we'll end up on Soccer AM. <laughs> and then when they actually Amazing. turned up, it was, it was really good. So, yeah. I, and the, the thing which changed also along the way, I did a podcast recently with Helen Chamberlain and we did it, we did it via how things changed in football. Um, and when I first started, I could get Rio Ferdinand's and, and Frank Lampard's and John Terry's and stuff would come on the, the show and sit down. By the end of it, you couldn't get a footballer for love nor money on a Saturday. Even We couldn't even get... The, the injured ones were called in for treatment. The suspended ones mm. weren't to be seen on in the media. So we basically lost getting any of the footballers. And so I just filled the show up with... We could do it if we went to the training ground and filmed them that way or through their sponsors. But they weren't coming in live to the studio. So we just had to fill it up with Noel Gallagher's and Ray Winston's and people like that. Now, do you remember, and this has got to be 20 years ago, I get, would, would it have been 20 years ago? 15 years ago. Yeah. I was a soccerette on Soccer AM. Gosh, well, all the best people were soccerettes. <laughs> You'd never get away with that segment now. Yeah. I, do you it, think? I mean, it's no, a little it bit sexist, no. isn't it? I, someone did an article recently on lad culture, and I was, yeah. I was a, one of the pioneers of lad culture, apparently, which, which always amused me. I'd come from being on Big Breakfast where they started shoving Joe Guest who's a porn star and stuff on it and I was going oh god this is horrific and I'd, I'd ended up writing for Nuts and Zoo magazine mm. um, and when I wrote for them there was a no nipple policy and by the end of it it was just they were paying me a lot of money and I just I was like oh am I really writing for these magazines but we were trying They're both to... both defunct now, aren't they? Yeah, I mean yeah. god Again I... in this era you well, this I, climate, I... you would never get away with that iPads and well, boys are now. Oh, well, it's not. Boys but, are looking on their smartphones. Well, I was going to say they've got to go somewhere for it. They've got to get their fix somewhere. You know, blokes' tastes haven't changed, even if what they were looking for is no longer yeah. deemed acceptable. Yeah, but but when we did it on Soccer M, it was it was it was interesting. Um, uh, we were doing things like the topless weather, which was um, <laughs> a man. Yeah. We had girls jumping on trampolines, which was the boys dressed as women. So it's very camp, yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, and we were, yeah. we were also taking the mickey out of lag culture a lot. So do you think what makes people laugh has changed? Or do you just think what's deemed PC has changed? Because we can still... I'm sure there'll be episodes of Soccer M we'll look back on from the very beginning and still have a good giggle over. Yeah, but I think... Yeah. Well, look, the first thing I did, and this is well documented, is I went in and became the boss of Soccer M, looked at Helen Chamberlain and went, what the hell is she doing on here? Why are we going to have a woman on this TV show? It's about football, right? That's, you know, 96... Well, you, you said that. Yeah, she knows this. 96. Yeah. 
And then I met her and I started talking to her and I was like, oh my God, she knows so much about football. She knows so much more than me about football. I was like, this woman's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then I realised that she was a much better presenter than I ever was. <laughs> and she was brilliant. Yeah. That show was yeah. Helen's show for yeah. a long time. And she used to basically babysit me through it because she's so so good and such a pro we had such a brilliant relationship it sort of frustrates me now when they talk about women in football as though they never existed whereas Helen Chamberlain Mm. in 90 I think she started in 94 was banging on she'd done it in Nickelodeon for two years before that by the way that woman just loved football and talking about it she loves her darts she loves everything And it's those they, people have just written her out of history, like she didn't exist. She was amazing. It's kind of the culture changes, and I think people forget that the context. I mean, I'm a I'm a um, single parent, and I have it the other way around. Mm-hmm. Every, every single step of the way for me as a single parent, uh, as a, 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 a man, I have sexism, unbelievable inequality at no, me constantly. Like, like well, just every time you get a, any ruling in a in a in a, in a court, it's always against me because I'm a man, and I have right. to just accept it. When did you sort of get bitten by the television bug? When did you know that that was going to be a, well a viable career option? Well, it's just pure. I was lucky. It was pure desperation. I was <laughs> I was like, what the hell am I going to do for a job now? How old were you at this stage? Late late teens and I was thinking right well I'm not going to be a footballer am I? It's not, I, <laughs> it would have Yeah I don't think that's going to happen and uh, what on earth am I going to do and, and I started thinking what can I do and I started touring with bands actually um, flogging t-shirts I was a swag man and stuff like that and I was working in bars and, and things and I just thought I started DJing as well I ended up doing a bit of DJing and stuff but I saved all my money and I used to um, make showreels of myself. And it's funny now, is that cause, because now if you wanted to make a showreel of yourself, you take a smartphone, yeah. go out on the street and just do it. Yeah, and, and then, upload it to your Instagram account. Yeah, yeah. and then edit done. it. It's done, yeah. it's done, yeah. And you can edit it yourself and do it. And on the software, even probably on the phone, you can do it with. In my day, I had to hire a cameraman and a sound man, and then I'd got the videotape back after, you know, that, and then you'd take it to the... You'd have to take it to an edit suite and pay someone to edit it. Um, so when you did choose to leave Soccer AM, yeah. why then, after 11 years, and, and it was kind of weird because you left and Helen didn't, and it felt strange for the viewers because suddenly this was like Richard and Judy, and yeah. you know, this, is a, this was TV's golden couple splitting up. There's those kind of many sort of different reasons um, for it. Uh, but one of the main ones was trying to keep the team together and they were all getting itchy feet they were being, they were just sort of being paid as researchers and producers and they were actually on TV as characters yeah, yeah, the, yeah, I mean yeah. the, the country had started knowing them as yeah. com- comedy characters yeah. uh, I'm, not, I'm not just saying this but li- people in the industry were looking at them as though they were actors and they were earning poor money and they were yeah. we'd, we'd gone from just trying to nick a few gags out of the papers and to actually writing material and we sat writing and you know and there was uh, acting and doing little sketches and putting together items and we'd done a lot and and they were getting all cold feet about well they were just not cold feet such they just wanted money and Mm. I'd, I'd sort of approached the subject a lot with Sky at the time and I'd said can we start working out their pay structure yeah Because I really, the show needed to be reinvented. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. To the again. But yeah, Any regrets about leaving Soccer AM or was it, did it come to a natural end, do you feel? What I miss most is sitting down with uh, Fenness, who presents it now, uh, Sheephead and all the guys, Robbie and Neil. I, I love sitting down and writing material with them and just laughing and going, are we going to do this? This is funny. And yeah. anything like Yorkshire News or... Yeah. And, and, and so many people, so many of those guys came, came up with it. It was, it was such a... A big effort from everybody. It wasn't just one of us who was writing all the material. Everybody was joining in. We had amazing, I mean, they were hard work, but amazing meetings where we'd try and write comedy for the show. And and I just, I really miss creating it all. I was just telling someone the other day on a podcast, one of my podcasts that I was doing that, um, I remember there was, Leeds United had written, you know, everyone started sponsoring their grounds and Leeds United I think it was Leeds, they'd put Lurpak on their stairs all the way, the, the, the logo for Lurpak, the butter. And um, Neil, I think it was Neil, he came over and said, you know, um, Leeds United have got butter on their stairs. Don't you think we should contact them and the, uh, and the Football League to find out um, about health and safety? <laughs> and just that makes me laugh so much. And I was like, a- absolutely brilliant. So we wrote to Leeds United and we wrote to the... The league saying, "Are you aware that Leeds have got butter on their stairs, and this is a health and safety issue?" You know, and the, and what's funny about it is they got Soccer M, so they'd write back and go, "Yeah, yeah well, we're aware of it," and yeah. you know, stuff like that. But it's just funny that they've got butter on their stairs. <laughs> I love all that stuff. I think, I, well, I can't tell you the amount of women who come up to me and say, "I didn't like football, but I always watch Soccer M because he just giggled." Yeah. And yeah. you know, this journalist I was talking to yesterday writes about football said. 
I always used to watch Soccer M, but I couldn't work out whether it was a football show or a music show or what it was. And I said, I don't really know what it was in the end. It was, yeah. just, it was just a show of culture. One of my favourite things we did was uh, every year we would do the, when the clocks went forward or the clocks went back, the three guys would come out nude. Do you remember? No, and they'd go, would you like a coffee? They were the naturists and, they, and people... Oh, yeah, yeah. And people love that, yeah. and they like, and still every time the clocks go forward, clocks go back, people tweet me with, "Would you like a coffee?" And they, the boys used to come out, and this is what was great about it: they'd come out and they were naked, right? There was no, they were naked. There was no pants or anything, and they had, they had their um, oh. thermos flask. It was what's in that thermos flask? It keeps hot things hot and cold things cold. What's in it? Two cups of coffee and a choco. That was the gag every time. But and then one time they'd go, "Oh, I've taken a picture." And the, the joke was that, see, it was always trying to push the boundaries. As you can see, that's me there. You can see front bottom, right, which is a, obviously a, a joke. And then finish, turn around, show me this Polaroid picture. And he's basically naked in the picture. And I'm looking at him naked. And I just lose it on the show. It's, and that was what we were trying to do, just push, it, push all yeah. the boundaries. But just talking about it now, you say miss it. I miss that so much. Oh, that. Yeah, I can see. Sitting around with the guys, just saying what we can do to have fun yeah, on the show, yeah. and literally when that show started to the end of it, Helen, myself, Fernas, uh, Sheep had a lot. It, we were just having fun, yeah. so much fun. Yeah. Going, what can we do? How much? What can we do to have a laugh on this show? But then, in fairness, the, the two big shows that you've done since something for the weekend and Sunday brunch, you do have a lot of fun on those as well. You do seem to have a pretty free reign as to what. I mean, obviously not to the same extent as Soccer AM, but you still can you know that you breathe on the show you can really relax and be yourself and talk and it's not it doesn't feel as structured as perhaps some other tv well the two reasons that once it's live i can do what i want yeah Uh-oh. <laughs> i've always said that it's like i go i sit there with the producer going yeah me i'll do that i'll do that and yeah. it's live and i'm like right here we go <laughs> do, do, I, do, do yeah. what i want but the, the other thing is i'm not a very good pre- presenter i'm i'm a good person to go on tv and mess about and have a laugh but i haven't got those amazing skills so you find that it's funny because when I first started doing something for the weekend it was the BBC so they'd say things like I'd get messages back going Tim's leaning it's like uh yeah it's like people lean it's like you can't do that and why is Tim doing this and why is he there was lots of people because I'm not a BBC presenter really Mm. in the great scheme of things and and I found that they would all do this lot of auto cue I used to sit reading the auto cue, thinking I'm so bored. So I just sub it down in my head, and then just sub it, and then the auto cue um, uh, operator, operator yeah. wouldn't know where they were going, or whatever. And then eventually, I just start going. I'll just sub them all down. I'll just ad lib them all because it just I, I want it to be as natural as mm. possible. Um, and, and I think it's because my skills aren't great. I'm terrible at learning lines, and for years I beat myself up about it. Mm. And I got look, I've had a career for 22 years. It hadn't been that bad. Now I want to ask you about social media because yeah. for me, you were one of the first people who seemed to really embrace Twitter. Yeah. And you got, you had a massive following really quickly. What was it about that that kind of captured your imagination? I just really like the future. I like going forward. I've always found it fascinating. Um, as, as you know, I podcast myself now, and I'm trying to do stuff on YouTube. I. I see YouTube as a really exciting I've got a new project starting on YouTube actually and I've got I'm excited by that because it hasn't got any gatekeepers um, a thing about working on Soccer Amas I didn't have any gatekeepers uh, because the bosses just let me get on with it and then when you move to terrestrial TV suddenly you've got layers above you who are mm. making decisions into the show and I think I think maybe there's too many layers often in TV and you get rid of the creativity mm. of the of the talent and also the producer because it's 
too many people produce it, it gets watered down. What I love about YouTube and what I like about YouTubers and things is they're just doing whatever the hell they want. So I find that quite exciting. And um, to jump to the personal, you are a father of three daughters. Yeah. What is it like? And the, the twins are, as you say, teenagers now, which yeah. is unbelievable to me because I remember you Amazing. coming on Ready Steady Cook with yeah. two newborn babies and you were a guest on it and I was a runner on the show yeah, I, was and like, I, I went up against it. Helen Chamberlain and I, I, and I won <laughs> if you ever interview her can you remind her that I yeah. won that <laughs> so, I can't remember what you cooked but that pizza. was enough. pizza yeah oh. James Martin I think yeah okay yeah um but Teenage girls and a five-year-old daughter. What is it like managing three girls? Uh, the five-year-old's easy. The teenagers are not so much. Um, they've got their own, they're adults now, aren't they? They're nearly seventeen, so oh, they've got God. their own lives and they're doing their own things. A frustration sitting and watching their phones constantly, stealing their lives. Uh, I'm a better father for the five-year-old. In Be- what sense? I'm just calm. And laid back, whereas you're just more mature now than yeah, you were 17 years ago. Yeah, when I was 17 years ago, that the, the, they had a slightly more uptight dad, and you know, I was determined that they were going to be well educated and well read, and all this. Do this, do this with. And I was just a more uptight person. Yeah. So with Jamie the other day, that's my little one. She she dropped a, a dish and smashed it, and she came with it to me with it in her hands when I've broken this I went oh don't worry about it whereas the twins I'd have gone what <laughs> I know I'd have been a bit more uptight um, so I think I'm a better father now much better John Lloyd on um, John, do you know John Lloyd he's a famous producer who worked on um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy um, uh, he wrote QI that's his idea oh, right, yeah. uh, have I got news for you and um, not nine o'clock news they're all his things and um he came on my podcast and I asked him for some advice and he said, if you're a parent, when your kids are young, whatever they ask you to do, go, yeah. Um, and so you say, they say, do you want to come and do some drawing? And they go, yes. And if you do that, whatever they ask you, can we do this? Go, yes. You know, if that involves you and them doing something together. I'm not yeah. saying, can I watch TV or eat chocolate? But, you know, can, yeah. and, uh, can we do this, Daddy? Yes, do it. And he goes, if you do it for long enough, they stop asking. All they want to know is that you're always there for them. Oh. And I've tried it with my five-year-old, and it works an absolute dream. Just oh. every time they say anything, just go, yeah, I'll do that with you. It just takes a little bit of effort, and yeah. his advice is absolutely spot on. It's really good. You know, that is a really, really good point, because the other day, um, my son has gone, went through a bit of a phase. He's just turned four. Went through a bit of a phase of saying, I don't like you, mummy, I like daddy. It's all about daddy, daddy, daddy. And it actually genuinely started hurting. Mm. I always go, I'm not going to take it personally. I know kids do this. Yeah. But I was kind of like, oh, always a bit gutted. My husband was like, stop trying so hard because you were smothering kisses and hugs. And he's a bit like, look, let me be cool with my dad. <laughs> but anyway, the other day, uh, he turned around to me and he said, Mummy, I don't want to go to nursery today. I said, okay. He said, I'd like to come to your meetings with you. <laughs> and I went, fuck it, come. Did you? So I took him and it was brilliant. His oh, sister wow. went to nursery. He then felt really special and I realised what I was doing because I'm really close to his sister and she's so affectionate. She's like me, he's like his dad. I'm, we're both really affectionate, the girls. Yeah. And the dads are a bit too cool for school. They don't kiss as much. But then he came out with me and we bonded and he came to all my meetings and he took his little plastic laptop and opened it on the table, pretended to have a cup of tea and he just sat there. No one minded. Honestly, I don't think people mind. I mean, he didn't make a fuss or a noise. And at the end of the day, he went, mummy, that was so cool. Um, Just to finish up, um, it's been lovely talking, could go on for hours. Um, 
what advice would you give your your kids growing up? Like, obviously, there's a big age gap between um, the twins and your youngest, um, but and you say you've changed a lot over those years. Mm. Um, I want to know what keeps you awake at night now, uh, if anything. I mean, perhaps you've kind of grown out of any of that anxiety and stress, but but what kind of ticks over in your mind about the world that we live in and and therefore what advice would you give the girls well the advice that I have given my girls so far is they don't care what the hell you do with your life as long as it's your decision because I've hardly been a saint and I've made some terrible decisions in my life but they've always been my decision Um, and a few times that I've let people influence me I've hated myself for it and that's, I think that's really important that you go to bed every night and go, I made that decision and it's my decision. Mm. And, and they hated this conversation, but I did have it, whether it be sex, drugs, tattoos, whatever they're going to do, mm. as long as it's their decision, then I'll agree with it. I'll say that's fine, but don't get influenced by external people. Stay strong with your own um, convictions. And then as for the, what makes me anxious at the moment... Um, I, you know, I've, I don't know if you know, but I suffered quite a lot from mental health issues and stuff. I don't talk about it too. I talk about loads on my podcast, by the way, loads, but not in real life, um, real life. But because uh, you know, it just I don't know. I sometimes think people think, well, "What have you got to be depressed about? You're on TV and do all that sort of stuff." But but I so I spent a lot of time reading, and um, I decided not to take drugs. And that's why I started my podcast, because I wanted what, to learn. Do you want to say antidepressants? No. Yeah. So I've done it all through reading, learning, mm. and examining. And it all happened that if you are depressed, what some man said to me once... Um, by the way, I know there's chemical imbalance depression, mm. and I'm not talking about that. But I don't... I, well, it is all sort of hand in hand, but there is obviously people who have you know genuine chemical imbalances which need Mm. drugs Mm. but for someone like me I met this man once who said to me it was a shrink and he said to me um very different from anyone else I'd ever met and he said depression's a good thing I was like whoa what and he said and he said to me um it means it means there's something wrong with your life it's not a bad thing it just means you need to change your life you need to change your thought process you need to change what you're doing now go away and analyze absolutely everything and i'll help you go on this little journey to analyze everything and work out what the things are that are broken about your life and 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 that's when i started getting really heavily into reading and i i read a lot of i'm not a buddhist but i read a lot of buddhism um quite like the idea of non-attachment and some of the other aspects from it and I quite like mindfulness. I've done a lot of that, and um, I think it's a, it's an exciting thing to do to to uh, examine everything that mm. you've learned from when you were a child, and it's mm. been put in your head because you're going to put rubbish in your children's head, you know. And um, and the depression now is this a work in progress? Then is this always something will that, be right? Okay, so it's not something where there's a finite goal that you go. I have to get to this point in order to feel. Uh, in some way, cured of it. You just you just manage it, do you? I could spend a good another hour talking yeah, to you about this because I, I know so much about it all I will say is that sometimes I it, it hits me now but I'm really aware of it mm. and I watch it and now I'm intrigued by it so rather than being um I still feel it still hurts it's still dark but I can now I've I've done enough oh, I sound such an idiot don't I but I've done enough work on myself that I can now watch it happen and so so it's things happen little reality shifts happen and things change and like I can watch myself go into it so I can come out of it quite quickly because I'm watching it happen and so you almost become your own project you almost 
watching in on yourself. Yeah, That's when I'm but when I'm doing it, when I'm in it, I still it's still horrible, yeah. but it's I know there's going to be an end to it all, so so it's interesting. It doesn't happen for as long and it doesn't happen as much. Um and I feel more alive than I ever have done, which is kind of interesting. Wow. But again, I could talk for hours on, on that. Well, maybe we should do another podcast about it. No, but it is amazing. <coughs> I touched on it with Michael Carrick about his depression after the Champions League final. And he said, God, I just feel guilty even sort of classifying it as depression because look at me, I'm a very wealthy footballer, but all I know is I spiralled for two years and really struggled, didn't want to tell anyone that I was feeling the way I was feeling. Yeah. Um, and so I think the crucial thing for this, for anyone listening, is that it is so deeply personal, isn't yeah. it? And you can't say a one-size-fits-all approach for it because it, it, mean, it feels like a bit of an umbrella term, doesn't it, mental health issues? Yes, it does, yeah. And it can cover anything. Mm. Um, and, and I'm sure pretty much everyone suffers with something at some point in their lives. And sport is a terrible thing for it because, um, like entertainment and sports, because you get defined by your job so mm. often. I remember Johnny Wilkinson talking about mm. winning the World Cup and then feeling terrible mm. about it, you know? It's, and I think it happens so often and so regularly to all these guys. I, when you meet those footballers and rugby players and everything, you've retired... Oh, they go through a really bad time, you know. It's the, redefining, yeah. Yes, they've got to redefine their lives. And their lives are over and they'll never be as big as they were. Yeah. And yet it's all irrelevant. When you're on your deathbed, yeah. it doesn't matter, right. you know. So, but, but it's just people trying to come to terms with it all. Listen, thank you for your time today. It's lovely to see you and it's been great chatting. Good old trip down memory lane with yeah. Soccer AM for a start. Yeah. Loved it, so thank you. Pleasure, thanks. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 